is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it. Peace! Hello and welcome to another episode of Notorious P.O.D. We are joined this week by Callum Prudger <laughs> and Tylash Fasher. Yeah, mate, this is a new, this, this, this is a new beginning, mate. 2020, yeah. new names. New, new names, names, new aliases, how we're yeah. rolling. You've got, um, you got the t-shirts and merch coming out soon, so look out for that. Yeah. The new names on. Just to explain, we're recording this in my office and we asked the security guard um, to sign... The boys in. Yeah. Um, I wrote it down with my uh, gammy handwriting, mm. which is is horrific to say the least. I, I'm taking sort of fifty percent responsibility for this. Um, but when we got the passes back, those were the names. Um, but I am of course joined by Cal. How hey, doing? All good. Yeah, all good. Living the dream. Yeah, man. We we sort of um, huddled down on the fear of Storm Dennis on the horizon as we yeah. record this. So we got M um, and S millionaire mini bites. Yeah. Um, we've got some lovely double chocolate mini bites as well. Surrounded by sandbags. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like tins of beans. Just yeah, in case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also joined by Thelonious Filth. Zup, zup. Zup, zup. Um, and we're going to get into another hip hop forum. It was popular. People liked was it? it. Yeah, well, because. So I spoke to a friend of ours, Flav, uh, and he was, he was basically saying that he will pick episodes based on if he's listened to the album we're talking about right. and the album reviews, right? Right. And I thought about it and I thought, he's right. Like, if I was listening to um, another podcast, if there's albums that I just don't really know that well, sometimes they'll be the last one that I want to listen to because I kind of think, well, I've got no affinity to the album and therefore yeah, it comes yeah. a little bit like more difficult to listen to. But he was like, oh, I really enjoyed the hip-hop forum because you were talking about Griselda and Puffy being a nonce and all this stuff that I could relate to. And mm. So therefore I thought, well, let's just do more of these. Mm. So you've kindly agreed to um, to come down, which is yeah, man. which is great. So I appreciate it, boys. It, so we're going to be doing these more regularly, uh, trying to do kind of one a month where we can. We're just going to pick up sort of four or five, however many stories from that week or the time that we're talking, uh, and just talk about it, getting mm. some hip-hop shit, yeah, some man. old school chatting about just shit. Well, like you said last time, a lot of the time when we're together, be it a football or be or whatever, we end up in these kind of conversations where we're just kind of talking about rap shit. And so it's, it's only fair to the people that they get to hear it as well. But I'm slightly upset because Flav called me a sugar nonce the other day, so I wasn't really <laughs> delighted about that. Yeah, that was harsh. But, um, you know, sometimes comedy presents itself in strange locations. Yeah, it does, and it does. by putting sugar in your tea, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The uh, the other thing, I'm actually feeling bad for Puffy, you know, because we're we're, we're we're gonna talk about Puffy now. <coughs> yeah, come on, let's get into it. Last podcast, we were calling him a bush dodger, and now, <laughs> and now we're calling him a thief. Yeah, we are. So we are going to talk about this this story that's come out in the last couple of weeks, which is um, Puffy doing Mace Dirty. Mm. See what are you um, what are your thoughts on on the whole Puffy situation and bring people up to speed if they haven't seen it. Well, I think he did a speech in the Grammys about how. Um, was in that black artist something awarded yeah. properly. Yeah. And they were talking about, you know, black excellence and, you know, basically just talking about unity among black people and that we deserve, you know, we deserve our 40 acres, so mm. to speak. Mm. And in the wake of that, Mays essentially said that Puffy bought his, um, was it his publishing? Yeah. For 20 grand. And it's now worth a couple of million. Yeah. And even though Mays has offered him that, he doesn't want to sell it to him. He's sell it to the highest bidder. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, it's brought about a really, really good conversation because it's like um, if you read the post, I don't think Mace is 
I don't think it's anything malicious because Macy's kind of made a point in the post that um, he's in a good place now. He didn't want to do it when he was skinny. He wants to do it when he had you know some money. So it's yeah. not like it's not about the money. It's about the principle. And a massive part of Bad Boy was Mace. I mean, yeah. when once Biggie died, you know he, he had um, what don't nobody hold me down. He had his own hits as well. Mm. And um, you know he's part of hip hop history, and he probably feels he's not got his his due credit. Yeah, but. Now, to be fair, these stories exist all over the place. It's not mm. even talking about Puff Daddy personally. No one's that rich without fucking anyone over. Yeah. You know, it's happened with um, with Motown. I know you're a big Motown fan, but I think Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder are probably the most famous people who said, you know, we want our own, our own masters, we want our own, our own publishing. So it's not a new practice. It's just interesting that in, in hip-hop, it's not something that's come out as much mm. as in other genres. Yeah, it's true. How are, you, how are you feeling about this situation? It's not a huge surprise, is it, really, that that, that a former bad boy artist would come out and say something about Puffy. Uh, Jada Kiss famously called Puffy a paper gangster. Yeah. Uh, he called him that. I think it was a compliment when he called him that. He, it wasn't him saying, you're a fake gangster. It was him saying, when it comes to the paperwork, Puffy's a gangster. Puffy keeps it watertight when it yeah. comes to the paperwork. And so it's not really a huge surprise. It's good that Mace is in a good place financially and all of that. But it's hard to disagree with Mace, really. It's like Puffy, you know, I follow Puffy on Instagram. And he always talks black excellence and black love and all that stuff. And that's great. And I love it. And it's okay. So now in this life, our actions define us. Words mean nothing. And so you can't say you can't say everything if your actions aren't going to back it up so it would be good if because you know they, they did the documentary there was the bad boy documentary mm. and mace was a part of that and fuck our avatar for our little whatsapp group is puffy and mace yeah. um so it's you want to see people uh, you want to see hip-hop artists working, to, working together as much as we love beef and beef's great it's much better when they do a track together these people that we admire so yeah, hopefully they sort it all out, really. Yeah, I think I think you, you boys are kind of uh, hitting the nail on the head in terms of like it's it's a couple of things, isn't it? One is the fact the fact that Mace doesn't need the money mm. is kind of by the by, really. It's like what what's actually right, and I think you're right, T, in the sense of Mace has his little corner of hip hop. Like he took that kind of the flashy era, the bling bling era, and he he really defines that for a lot of people. And Bad Boy wouldn't have been as successful without him. Like that is just the fact, and so. This couple of million dollars for his publishing is, is just about what he released, not the impact that he made that helped the other releases that came down the line. So actually, like the money that we're talking about is, is probably way beyond what he's actually asking for. So in that sense, yeah, it's, it's pretty harsh. But I also totally agree that there aren't many moguls in hip-hop who haven't stood on the shoulders of geniuses, basically, to get where they are. Like <coughs> Barry Gordy is a good example. Um, Suge Knight. Uh, there's all of them basically that have got to that point the only person I can think of who I guess he was kind of involved was Jay-Z in terms of Rockefeller he actually kind of usurped um, the kind of way of, of running the label and made himself as, as kind of the artist he kind of basically cut the rest of them out of the deal um, and Dame Dash is still bitter about that I think yeah. he kind of saw himself as like I'm like Puffy and I'm like Suge and Jay was like, mm, not really, not really. And kind of cut himself out. But aside from that, it's like most of these moguls, they they do have to kind of step on people. I just think that two million to Puffy's chump change. Yeah, it's, it's just nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. So he's doing it I, for fuck knows reason. I don't understand what his motivation is. Can't be the money. I imagine they'll sort it out because there was 
the, when Jadakiss said the line about Paper Gangster was when there was that interview when Jadakiss and the Locks they was all on Hot 97 yeah. and they were talking about their publishing probably still that was it 50 Cent had said when he did the diss track um, Piggy Bank he said Puffy still owns your publishing and he was digging at him and then they spoke about that on Hot 97 and Jadakiss was like he's right he still owns our publishing we're pretty fucked yeah. so Puffy called up I don't know if you remember Puffy calls the radio station and says I'm only down the road if you want to have a talk about this come down the road and we'll talk about this and to cut a long story short Puffy ended up giving them all their publishing back oh, so I think it will probably get resolved he'll probably end up giving it all back and they'll do an Instagram post or do something together and it'll all be fine but it shouldn't take Mace to go I'm here you haven't paid me he shouldn't have to put him on blast yeah. to be fair though Puffy has a right to apply Yes, so he does, we've yes, only he heard what May said and May sold it to him mm. you know just like for 20 bags yeah so I mean I don't know maybe May needed the money at the time mm. but he does have a right to apply yes, but if it's as May has painted it then we'd like to think Puffy will do the right thing mm. but it just points us to another thing I mean he he has this image where um, I guess his whole life is a movie and you know black excellence and black love and all that mm. but um I just think that I think it's to that backdrop where this is a bit disappointing mm. because you know you're meant to be putting your own people on and you've kind of started one of them, but it's business, so yeah. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? If this was if this was kind of like outside of that circle, then you'd be like, it's business, it's fine. Like there's there's a line to the idea of like black excellence and putting your people on when it comes to like basically business, right? Mm. But this is family to him. Like, this is the guy who helped build, like, what he's got now. Puff Daddy and the fam. That's what I'm saying. I, like, I, find, it, I find it weird that that circle of people, like... And again, I, I don't know why I keep making these comparisons, but if you look at, like, Jay-Z's inner circle, most of them, most of them, and there are some exceptions to the Rockefeller thing, they're still kind of okay. They're being kind of looked after by, yeah. by Jay. And Marcus like, Bleak's still doing bits, isn't he? He's still, still, still getting hype man. What is he doing? <laughs> I think he's still the hype man, I think. I think he's still Jay's hype man. He's probably got a role Rock Nation, I imagine. I'm probably just on salary. Like, what about Jazzo and that lot? They're still getting. Jazzo ain't eating. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't eating. He's out on a corner freestyling. Somewhere. Yeah. Bless yeah. him. Because they fell out, didn't they? And I don't yeah. think they ever made that up. So there were loads of like Source Money and. Yeah, yeah. Source he, Money did a lot of writing for Puffy, didn't he? Yeah. On the. On the and it's a good point that T makes that after Biggie died, it was Mace and Source Money and The Locks that kind of helped Puffy get to that next level. Source Money wrote, um, what's the one with the sting sample of that song? The song about Biggie. Oh, every oh, every step you take, every whatever it is. Yeah, missing, missing you. Source Money, I think, wrote that. Oh, sure. So he's fucking eating that. That sold seven million, seven million copies. Yeah. So he is eating to this day. I would hope to this uh, day uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the words of the champ Deontay Wilder uh, yeah so he owes people like Mace he owes Source Money because they've got him to where he is now where he's close to being you know but the, a billionaire are there any like success stories where there's like I feel like we kind of kind of a blueprint of you know mm. Person to the scene of loads of members, and then they all kind of do their own thing. Yeah, yeah, that's and I think aside from you, God, the rest of them seem to be doing all right for yeah. themselves. And with Bad Boy, not so much. But Bad Boy, you look at people like Total and, and them and, and Shine, mm-hmm. you know, they're not really doing that well. I don't, I don't know if it's just one of those no. things. Yeah, where's G Depp? Where's Keith Murray? G Depp's in prison. <laughs> Is he actually from murder? Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, damn. He, he was like, he had that little run, didn't he, early 2000s? He had that little run. And then he left Bad Boy. He did a joint album with Loon. Uh, it was just called Bad Boy. Um, and then 
he kind of went on his own and then he walked into a police station one day and said I did that murder 15 years ago Fuck he no. just walked in there one day they hadn't solved it and he just walked in and said 15 years ago I shot somebody at this place I used this gun la 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 and they were like the only person that would know this is the person that done it oh, fucking hell so or they saw an opportunity to close a case from someone that wasn't well I mean yeah that's how, how long is he in for then Life, it's life. It's gonna be life. Oh, it's America after all. It's America. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that he's a black man in America. He's got life. And he's fucking done shit, man. That's well. That's why. That's yeah. why you ain't seen G Def. And then Black Rob, you don't hear about him anymore. Yeah, I shit. love Black Rob, but you don't hear about him. The making the band people. Where are they? Like Loon. I think, Loon's, I think Loon's in prison. Where's Mario Wines at? That's what he's before that jazz cafe. He did. Yeah, he's in jazz cafe. Because he's like from a famous family, right? Yeah. He's like family in all like, gospel yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how close he is to them, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. Fucking hell. Yeah. The bad boy fallout. Is, I mean, this is the thing. We were originally gonna. Um, the reason this kind of started us three kind of doing these episodes yeah. was we were originally gonna just do an episode on bad boy, like, yeah. on record labels, because you could spend like hours talking about it. I find it like completely fascinating how these groups split out and mm. end up kind of fracturing and you're right Wu-Tang's got to be probably the only example of a group mentality where they've kind of gone on and been consistent yeah if you look at NWA Ice, it's Ice Cube and Dr. Dre Easy obviously passed MC Ren mm. yeah, they like beef I mean they like properly fell out yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously like no Vaseline and all that shit so it's like Wu-Tang is a, an interesting blueprint but their whole yeah. thing was around these like concepts and ideas of kind of like Kung Fu and stuff, and the, the story goes. Five percenters and that, isn't it? Yeah, so it's more. It's almost, it's almost a religion. It is a religion, and it's like this concept of, uh, as I understand it, and I'm probably going to butcher the story, but essentially, like they're reading all this stuff about all this mythical, like kind of Far Eastern ideas and cultures. And one of the things in any of the kind of successful clans that were around at that time is they would nominate one person to be in charge of all decision-making process. So there was no argument, no disagreement. Yeah. And as a kind of group, uh, and obviously that you've got Jizza and ODB and RZA are obviously related. So they kind of started with those three at the core and then they kind of found Ghost and the rest yeah. of them and kind of built this group. They kind of pitched this idea of like, look, we want to create this thing and we want to have this whole theme. So like the whole Kung Fu styling of Wu-Tang is not just a gimmick. Like it's kind of their like kind of culture, I guess, internally. So they nominated RZA to be the leader in like 91 yeah. and his reign ended at basically the kind of end of like Wu-Tang's like big run as a group mm. and if you look at what they did in that period it's, it was it's fucking phenomenal but it's um, you know so my age once again here but if you weren't around at the time it's hard to really mm. explain because um, you go into college or school or whatever and there's a new song out Mm-hmm. And they did a song called We Wear, which is about their clothing yeah. label. And at the time, this was like a big deal, but people weren't having yeah. people who did collaborations. I think um, LL Cool J was with Gap, with Fubu, and Lugs, and those brands. Yeah. These guys had their own brand. Yeah. I think Rock- Rockaway did their stuff after. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. And the song, to me, if you listen to the song now, it's not a great song, but because it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. Was yeah. it on Wu Tang Forever? Because I remember the, no, the book it, of, in- of Wu Tang Forever, you know, the, the, that's got Wu Wear in it, it's got yeah. a little advert for it. And that was 97. We um, Wear Renaissance was on the High School High soundtrack. And right. I think that sound, I don't know what that soundtrack is best known for, but that song was on that soundtrack. Right. Right. But um, no, that run was something else, one of the best runs in music. And um, there, there has been a little bit of falling out of the boot. I think um, the, the symbol, mm, yeah. uh, who owns the symbol, who drew the symbol, right. that came up in the news recently. I think yeah. Mathematics drew it. Yeah. And RZA kind of took it off him and. Right. basically flogged it and then you've got um, you've got who's like 
you know, he did this, that and the other and he didn't get credit for it. So that's the thing, is it's human nature. I don't think there's any group who, you know, but financially I think they've done they've all done fairly well out of it. Yeah. And they do they do tours every so often, they'll do shows and they'll get paid big money. Mm. Um and look, they've, they've been massively successful. So yeah, to, to sum up with the whole Puffy thing, let's just hope Puffy does the right thing, sorts Mace out, mm-hmm. um, and then just generally kind of in artists, you'd like to see that these kind of big moguls that have got the cash and holding the purse strings kind of sort their artists out, because the artists are on the front line. And it's a little bit like on um, Below the Belt, you boys talk about it all the time, about like promoters and managers holding the money for the fighters that are putting their bodies on the line. It's kind of the same thing. These artists, they're the ones who are the creative genius and, and they're the ones putting it out there, right? The thing with hip hop is that you mentioned Jay Z changed a paradigm in that he owns everything, mm. and you know boxing back into the nuts and bolts of it. Mayweather's done it, but I don't know how many other people will mm. say, you know what, I'm the fighter, I'm making the decisions. You guys work for me. Yeah. So maybe in hip hop that'll come along. I mean, Jay Z, to an extent, Fifty Cent's kind of done it as well. Yeah, but he's not got the music to match. Mm. Yeah. that yeah. being a big deal. But Jay Z's kind of the stress of success. Mm. Doing that, doing using that model. So, you know, maybe Griselda might might do it. Yeah. I think rappers are yeah. in a, rappers are in a much better place than than boxers are. In boxing, TV is king. Mm. You have to be on TV to make any sort of money. Music, you don't obviously don't need TV. And I think from the early two thousands, I think Jim Jones was a pioneer of this. He joined up with Koch Records. He was getting fifty cents a copy. You know, from every from every dollar, he was getting fifty cents. And whereas, because I remember there was the 50 Cent Jim Jones beef thing, and again, another Hot 97 radio interview. Um, there was a, they were talking about, he was like, Fifth, I make $5 off every album I sell. Lloyd Banks is making 50 cents, he's making a dollar. And Jim Jones was a pioneer for that, and you can see that now for rappers now, they don't have to be with a label anymore, yeah. they don't need a sug. Look at Chance the Rapper, yeah. you know. I think Gibbs is similar. Yeah, Gibbs. I have to fucking make a correction. I just remembered. That's fine. The last episode. Oh, right, go on. About Griselda. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered it. I just remembered it. It's kept you awake at night, hasn't it? No, fucking us. You fucking mentioned it like six times. I know. <laughs> so, West Side Gun is the brainchild of Griselda, yeah. not fucking Big Ghost, the blogger. He's raping all the, the rappers. Time, I was in. <laughs> he's the guy raping them all, then. Is that yeah, what you're saying? No, no. He's, he's taking the credit. West he's Side, taking all the pee. Yeah. West Side Gun is the guy because. Yeah. When they had that Rock Nation brunch, mm. for why a big ghost there? I want to see who he is, because he's anonymous. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. And I realised it was West Side Gun front and centre, and then I realised why. So that was poorly researched, and I fucking apologise. <laughs> Do you know what, right? I look through every so often just to see like um, some of the ratings and reviews, see how we're getting on, right? Mm. Most of the time, people doing their like, uh, five for fives on there, and like night and saying nice stuff. And one time, uh, this geezer basically said, like, like the pod, good chat stuff, but under-researched. So I, this was from months ago, but yeah. I screenshotted it and sent it to T after that episode. Go fuck's sake, T. Yes, it's like a week. I cropped out the date, make sure yeah. I didn't realise when it was. Yeah. Yeah. Laps. Right, I think that's enough puffy slander for today. We're gonna have a quick break and then we're gonna get into some more hip hop shit. Wonderful. Right, we're gonna move into a uh, bit, bit more light-hearted stuff. Um, yeah, well, we just had Valentine's Day recently, as we, we record this. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about uh, like you know love. And yeah, sex feelings, and feelings, and like emotions and stuff. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, there's been a, a big internet rumor about well, more than just a rumor. I think there was a video, this a whole video of um, my man G Easy, yeah, hooking up with my the current, god, the, the fucking hero, the, the god king, MC, King G Easy. Um, 
allegedly or apparently, by the looks of it, uh, hooking up with one of the finest dimes in hip hop at the moment, uh, Meg Thee Stallion. Mm. Yeah. So what do we think? Because we we've all seen this video, right? <clears throat> yeah. Mm. And so for those who haven't seen, uh, it's it's was it from her IG originally? Or was it his? I think it was hers, right? I think it was hers. Yeah. So her Instagram feed, they're basically uh, just filming themselves laying down in bed. They're, they're clothed, but Jeezy is snuggling up and kissing her, and like yeah. it's pretty intimate. All on the cheek, but yeah. still, there's an intimacy there, though, isn't it? Definitely. There? Like if, if you and I were on my Instagram doing that, yeah, people would be like, okay, maybe there's congrats to you. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Lovely yeah. to see. Um, they wouldn't be thinking well these two obviously just um, had a couple of double chop chip um, rolls and yeah. recorded the hip hop podcast yeah. um, so it's fair to say hip hop Twitter went to fucking meltdown yeah, yeah, yeah. because everyone loves that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was mental and Jeezy was kind of out of left field right I, I think there's obviously going to be a time when she hooks up with, with someone yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think Jeezy would have been way down people's lips. not the guy you'd put is it like Jeezy he's, like? he's got a missus as well and um, ah I yes, know. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all of it. It's a bit mad because she's obviously like the sex symbol and the current probably hottest woman in rap. Yep. Um, you know, um, lyrically and you know physically. So it was kind of a big, big story and a big deal. But when you watch shows like Empire, a lot of these things are just very, very orchestrated. Obviously, Empire is very exaggerated, mm-hmm. and um, it just gets people talking, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like. Um, one thing I forgot to mention before the one in order was a slow tie situation. Sometimes it's like any publicity is good publicity. Mm. And I guess from this point of view, I probably what's happened. Yeah, that's, that's a good chat actually. I didn't really think about the whole uh, kind of publicity aspect because it was fucking huge. And I know to be fair, I'd say they're both kind of in a similar category, which is that if you listen to hip hop, you kind of know the names and you're around them. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're either of them particularly at mainstream level quite yet. She's obviously quite close to that. And I think this sort of thing is going to be happening more and more with her mm. is that fair Cam? yeah that's kind of she's you know she's, she's the massive. hot girl isn't she she's, she's, she's big yeah. right now oh, yeah. she's, she's, she's the one with the with the buzz right now isn't yeah. she you know um, she's doing guest appearances over the place her album did quite well last year mm. she's the one with the buzz I imagine g Easy is kind of uh, I don't know his music at all I've yeah. never heard anything he's ever done ever but I imagine he's got kind of like that logic type following of it's where he doesn't make proper boom bap rap he probably makes more poppy kind of sounding stuff didn't he make that fuck Donald Trump tune that like everyone loved for about five minutes god I have no idea I don't know the only person who made a fuck Donald Trump song was um, YG he did that ages ago as well yeah he's probably saying I was the first one to do this and now everyone's jumping on the wave yeah Yeah. and Eminem did that really bad freestyle about about Donald Trump as well. What's it? He's like in the <laughs> every fucking song. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What, what do we make of the slow tie thing though? Uh, the slow. It, it was really cringy, oh. creepy, and horrible, wasn't it? Yeah. She took it like a champ. Fair play to her. Like, what's her name? Catherine Ryan, isn't it? Yeah. And she kind of she's a comedian. She kind of look. I'm not. She said, "This isn't a woman. I'm a. I'm a comic. I can deal with this. I can deal with hecklers." And it's just nah. It just came across really horrible and really creepy. But he said sorry. So yeah, it's one of them things that we we obviously spoke about in the chat. And it's like there's, there's always two two aspects to these sort of things. And one is like, look, everyone makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like we've all done stuff that we were like, actually, if that was on stage or in a public environment, and we were celebrities and had a public focus, we would not have got away with that. There would yeah. be people going can't say that you can't do that you know being in clubs and being like pissed up and like being a bit too like handsy with girls it's like 
bad you shouldn't do it but yeah. people do it people make mistakes so there's that aspect of it which is it was horrible to see and it was shitty of him but you can go two ways after that and go well fuck it I don't think there was anything wrong with that and you can all like fuck off mm-hmm. or you go okay you're right like I've seen that there's something I've done there that's wrong and I'm going to apologise for it so he's, he's done that um, and hopefully he's learnt from it because it was horrible to see like, it was horrible really gross he's lucky though because if that was like um, uh, Jamila Jamil or Lily Allen yeah. oh my God, yeah. he, he could be facing time with Psycho those two don't fuck around they yeah. would have you know I mean he picked the right person to do that sort of thing to and um, you know obviously in the modern era with you know Me Too and political correctness and um some people double down on one side, some double down on the other side, and he's fucked up. Um, he's done, he's apologised, and I think um, I think he'll learn from that. I think the issue comes from him being, you know, pol- politically. His raps are politically charged, yeah, and his rap was, right. his album was called "Nothing Great About Britain." He sells merchandise, which is like anti Boris Johnson, and I think Theresa May. Yeah. So there's that backdrop of it, mm. and the fact that you've done something. You know that lefties, quote unquote, yeah, yeah. find impalatable. It's something that's going to put him in a lot of lot of bother. Mm. But um, no, I think he can bounce back. I mean, things things move on very quickly. Within two weeks, no one will remember. Do an interview with a Guardian, you'll be fine. What's happened? But <laughs> so raised by a single mum, all that fucking shit. <laughs> I just think that. Um, I just think you know. I always say the best apology is change behaviour. You know, you've yeah. got to learn from it and. Um, what he did was horrid and he's apologised but hopefully he will come out of this he'll, he'll get the come down or the hangover whatever the fuck he was on that night yeah. and be like you know what um, you know, I mean, he also had fights in the crowd which uh, yeah. was, I mean, he that like was threw right. the mic at them yeah. and then was mad that they threw the mic back yeah. it was like, well, in a lot of ways that was worse he threw a glass into a crowd yeah he did that, yeah, was, yeah. that was fucking dangerous like, don't get me wrong being uh, like to that level physical with a woman and she obviously didn't want that, is, yeah. is an assault, right? Yeah. So that's a horrible thing to do. Yeah. But ultimately, she, as she said, felt in control of that situation and ultimately was okay with it. If you throw a glass at someone, they've got no choice to be okay with it. Like, yeah. you, you are putting their life, to essentially, a bit yeah. extreme, but you're putting their physical body yeah, yeah, in danger. Yeah. Um, so that that was fucking mental. But again, we've all done fucking stupid shit, mm. and, like, it's, it is... Right, it's about how he reacts to that now and where it goes. Because I didn't know the enemy of wars were on. I never knew they were still going. I remember in the nineties when you know Blur and Oasis had their beef, and you'd hear the next morning about um, yeah. I don't know Liam Gallagher said something that if he said today would be cancelled. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously maybe not groping on women, but similar kind of you know bullshit. You know, that's yeah. like rock and roll. But now rock and roll means a bit more than throw the TV out of a hotel window now yeah. you've got to be a bit more kind of savvy with it yeah yeah. is that is that as a wider point like a, we're in this weird juxtaposition now where because I, I see like slow tyres like punk he's like anti-establishment uh, I'll say what I want and I'll fucking express myself however I want like, right. that like idea and concept has yeah traditionally been like left wing and so in some instances like kind of extreme left wing but the what's gone kind of with it now is that on that side of the political landscape are also people who don't accept that you can say what you want and that you can't act how you want so there's like half of it is aligned which is like yeah we don't like the government either and we agree with you that this is bad but actually you can't say that stuff and you can't act that way so I think there'll be a lot of artists that are going to fall foul of that because you know traditionally those two things were kind of aligned which is like you kind of have to 
you know, punk is like, say what you want, do what you want. Yeah. And he is that. And now they're going, well, yeah, he can say what you want in the music, and we like that, but don't do anything else. And it's that I think is a, maybe a just, and I'm not defending him at all, I'm just making a comment on kind of Well, he's painted himself into a corner, isn't he? Yeah. And that's what happens when you come out on an extreme on any side. It's like, even goes back to what, what Diddy did earlier on. If you're going to paint yourself with a certain image, then you've got to accept what comes with it. And from a lefty, we're not saying that right-wing people abuse women or whatever, but if you're coming from that point of view, there's some things you've really got to be conscious of. And, um, you know, I've been, I spoke to a couple of people about it. Some say he'll be cancelled and he won't work again. I, I, I think this will come out in the wash. Yeah. As I said, I mean, he was the right person with Catherine Ryan to do it with. And um, she seemed that the fact, I just want to caveat that, the fact that she was okay, but does it mean what he did is okay? Correct. But I'm just saying, if you're going to do that, then... She you know. saved him. I saw yeah. that comment a lot on Reddit. She fucking saved him. She saved his crew. Because like, like T said, if it's a Lily Allen, then he's done for kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very British thing, isn't it, to see someone get knocked off their fucking perch in the words of Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, because well, he won the Mercury I think last we, year as well. Yeah, he did. And it's, I think we, we like to see that in, in Britain. And, and I think a lot of the time, I think there is almost a desire to cancel people yeah. before, the, before even the full facts have come out, really. Um, like T said before about, or one of you guys said about controversy. And again, he's going to benefit a lot of people that didn't know who he was I had a vague idea who he was because T had sent me his album but other than that he's he was on all the newspapers everyone was talking about it you mm. know and so he's going to benefit he will benefit from it because more people just know who he is yeah and also in this like in this era of like this kind of a sanitization of music and political discussion and personal discussion mm. like dangerous is exciting like mm. it's like it it clashes with the culture it's weird because it's this weird dichotomy of like the the like modern liberal left and these ideas of like punk attitudes yeah. but that is exciting for people like people like fucking nutters who just will throw a glass in a crowd like that is why the likes of like Oasis were successful because they said what they wanted and did what they wanted like why Wu-Tang was successful in hip hop because they just cut through bullshit yeah. and people like that people, a lot of the time people's most like favourite member of Wu-Tang is ODB he's the most fucking one of the most crazy blokes ever yeah. in entertainment history yeah. there are like huge histories of, of sex pistols and just mad shit people like it and people are attracted by it especially in youth culture so I, I think that probably long term it'll end up benefiting him in some way because yeah. it's controversy and people like that yeah. and Jeezy did fuck her I Jeezy, to believe it Jeezy 100% uh, smashed, smashed and he should be made a hero for that he I be... don't want to believe Sir Jeezy <laughs> yeah Sir Jeezy <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Legends yeah um, he put that willy in there yeah he rode the stallion like an absolute boss yeah yeah. Uh, and I was really jealous about it because I saw it and I thought Jeezy's basically me but American and slim yeah. you know dark hair handsome obviously yeah. uh, you know mildly talented rapper you're like G uh, difficult G <laughs> 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 medium I'd say G medium G medium it all was G XL G semi pro G semi pro but I had a bad knee <laughs> at trials G7 Pro but I did my cruise shit at trials yeah <laughs> and on that note we're going to have another quick break and then we've got some other um, interesting shit to talk to you about that was brilliant okay boys uh, 
just want to like pivot a little bit here to something more kind of uh, just like general hip hop rather than the news uh, the art of freestyling the question I'm going to pose is this does it matter if it's not off the top of the dome oh yes definitely because you see a lot of freest- freestyles quote unquote uh, on various different like Twitter like profiles and Instagram mm-hmm. and they're not freestyle they are basically like pre-written and just recited over a different beat yeah um, and genuine freestyling to me has always meant the beat comes on and you are just you are freestyling you are just yeah. creating rhymes in your head as you go live at that moment yeah and there's always this debate where people are like it's not freestyle because he's not he's pre-written it and it's like well yeah but it's also just like it's called almost it's a kind of agreement in hip hop that as long as it's not from your albums mm. uh, you can pre-write it but that's it's a grey right. area I think that's fair as long as you don't put it on an album and I have a feeling I probably said this on a previous podcast Prime 2 you'll know I'm going to talk about T Prime 2 uh, Royce the 5'9 did a freestyle and I'm doing the air quotes yeah. um, did a freestyle and I think it was on Hot 97 or one of those and it, it got people talking it was really but then most of the bars ended up on Prime 2 yeah and it was just like that's not fucking freestyle then it's just well it was not freestyle anyway but it's not even a loose freestyle because you've just recycled it and put it put it all put all your stuff in the album but yeah. think of, now I'm thinking about it back in the day even back in the day I remember hearing Biggie do verses yeah and could, could, but Biggie would rap off the dome anyway when he did his verses but he would do them on the radio and call them freestyle I think uh, you're nobody till somebody kills you I vaguely remember hearing that on a radio station mm. but then he ended up just putting the verse on the album anyway because no one had heard it before yeah um, but yeah I think when someone does a when someone does a freestyle and you hear them struggling or you hear them fuck up and then start again that's the beauty of it that's when you really really enjoy it um, I'm thinking of one that comes to mind is Eminem's one he was on Westwood yeah. he and there's a bit where he goes uh, I've been doing this I'm getting so bored that I'm going to make my own language and then he just starts rapping in this weird language he just made up other you other other and it just but it was brilliant because he ended up turning it back into actual English and it really made sense when someone does it like that that's the art of it yeah. to do a, yes uh, you know there's the uh, Black Fort he did that really really long freestyle again air quotes and uh, Lloyd Banks did one on Hot 97 which was really good and I still listen to it to this day it's great it's good to hear these exclusive verses but they're not freestyles no well, I mean not my generation where that's what freestyles are thought of you know that it's off the dome you know obviously we've probably all done it of our mates you know to do a little sci-fi in your teens and they're all fucking rubbish you can't you know freestyle to save your life and I remember when Buster was on Westwood once and he did what I thought was a freestyle and ended up being everything in main draw <laughs> and you know I was a bit gutted at the time but I think freestyling off the top of the dome is an art form. It's a true art form. I don't think freestyling written verses is necessarily an art form. But then the definition is evolved. Some people say it's free of style. So you've written a bunch of bars that don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But then that relates to what that said in the last pod was that lyrics in hip hop aren't always little, aren't always literal, aren't mm-hmm. always about something. Normally you're rapping about you no know, gangster stuff or mm-hmm. or life on the whole. A lot of some, sometimes freestyle lyrics are just lyrics about nothing. It's just bars that rhyme. So yeah. maybe that's where the definition of freestyle is now. But I would like to see more people risking credibility and rapping off the top of the dome. Having said that, not all rappers are capable. I mean, you mentioned Biggie. I wouldn't 
look at someone like Biggie we're doing like a top of the dome freestyle someone like Mad Skills mm. who's someone who I could easily see doing it off the dome but not not someone like Biggie not someone like um, I guess Mace for example mm. so I guess, I guess I guess it varies yeah I think it's like it's just different skill sets in hip hop there, there are like some amazing rappers who they're like genuine freestyle so off the top of the dome stuff it's just alright it's not it's not great and there are people who are amazing at that but they can't really write they can't really yeah. take the craft so to be able to like rhyme completely free and like just out of nowhere just be picking objects and rhyming things is cool and it's an amazing skill set but you can't put that onto an album and go oh fucking hell that's brilliant to listen to it's just a different skill set in the same way as like battle rappers when they don't have they're on acapella right so it's more about the poetry and the writing is, is a lot of the essence of the skill and we've spoken about it in the chat before and Tony D says the same thing which is a lot of these battle rappers can't rap they're amazing writers amazing writers but they can't rap they can't if you played a beat they couldn't hit it in a nice way that would make you feel good so they're just like categories of different skill sets inside hip hop and I do think that genuine freestyle off the top of the dome is really impressive and should be in a separate category to giving some free verses over instrumentals mm. that's kind of where I'm at with it I think yeah I mean you've got a black thought doing 10 minutes of rhymes and when they end up on his album it's a bit frustrating yeah. but then it's still amazing the bars are still amazing mm. and you know it's put it over another beat and there's still there's still some skill there but I would like to see it interspersed with with, with off the dome stuff because what happens what, used to, what I've seen happen is people do stuff with the dome when they forget they're putting pre-written bars and then they go back to mm. off the dome again yeah and that's again that is also a skill set in like in the mind of like you might start with a little set like maybe four lines where you're like I know this is good way in and then you just your mind just goes into where yeah, you yeah, go yeah. from there that's fine yeah but to, to yeah to kind of dress it up as something that it's not yeah. And, and you're right I would like to see rappers go this is going to be off the dome so like don't expect perfection yeah. but I'm going to rap I'm just going to fucking but it's, it's ego because sometimes a lot of when these, when these freestyles happen these rappers have albums coming out yeah. so if voice goes on the radio and he says okay I'm going to do a freestyle and he's fumbling over his words you're not going to want to buy the album mm. so that's, how, that's where hip hop is the hip hop is like um, in the other mainstream genre of music where every interview they do counts it's not like back in the 80s and the 90s where hip-hop was just freeform, it was like punk, so to speak, where, I don't know, if a rapper turns up on the radio drunk, it doesn't happen as much now. Mm. But back then they'd come on the radio drunk and high and yeah. it doesn't matter, their album, they've got their fan base. But now every single, I don't know if it's a press junket, I don't know if you even call it a press junket now, what they're doing on these stations, it all counts. So, mm. so either, for example, game, well, game, game's in a, in a world of his own, but a rapper couldn't go on a radio show and fumble his words in a freestyle or her words in a freestyle and it just it just couldn't happen so that's, yeah. that's a shame of it now yeah it's true I mean I've, you get it occasionally at live shows so I saw Common we went to the same gig and like, he, like, his freestyles are not actually great in my opinion but they no. are genuinely off the top of the dome so yeah. that they earn a level of respect for that but he's a very talented writer yes. and a great performer his freestyles aren't great, but he will he will freestyle and genuinely do you it. You can tell he's doing it. I'd appreciate it. that though. I'd appreciate yeah. that more because um, rap isn't clean. You know, no. D'Angelo used to make a big deal about music being dirty and clean, mm. and hip hop isn't clean music, and it's not meant to have perfect freestyles. I mean, you know, we might talk about Big L later mm. on. 
I don't think those freestyles are off the top. The freestyles yeah. that we all laud and talk about all the time, they're not they're off the top. They're too clean, aren't they? They're perfect. Oh, I, would, I wouldn't say that they're clean. Mm. I mean, it's. But he's not making a mistake. He's no. not. You know, you get to that. The you get to that bit where they go ah because like, yeah, yeah. they've they've run out of things to say. Yeah. Or they hit a punchline that's not rhymed, and then they rhyme yeah. from that line just yeah. to get themselves out of it. Like that, it's so perfectly punctuated yeah. with rhymes yeah. that it's like there's no way you wouldn't make one mistake. Yeah, like, and like their breath, their breath control is on point. Yeah. as well. They don't run out of work because that's a pre-written verse. They've done it before. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Whereas if it's off the dome, you're your breath control is not going to be as good but then back then I used to always you know when YouTube first became a big thing I used to always put someone's rapper's name in freestyle Mm. but now I'm I'm not that bothered about hearing a freestyle now Um, don't know why don't know if this is an age thing but it's not something I care about half as much when the rapper would come I'd say okay can he freestyle can he you know can he hold his own but now it doesn't matter probably because rappers just grown so much where Mm. There's a lot more variables than there used to be. Yeah, so it's a really fair point. It's a really interesting subject matter because I think uh, at its kind of core, just being able to rap off the top of your dome is, is a real pure form of hip hop. Mm. Someone just plays a beat, and it like, might not even be a hip hop beat, it could just be a, a break beat, and someone just starts rhyming. Like That is the beautiful essence of hip hop to me. So I think it's a really special thing, and it's kind of it's interesting how, yeah, that kind of the art of freestyle and the name freestyle has taken on loads of different changes yes. and actually it's become it had gone to a point where it was you're right to like I never searched for freestyles anymore and that was why I used to love doing that yeah. and just finding these like mixtapes um, and I remember there was like there's the biggie one and it's like um, like brothers say I'm pussy I dare you to stick your dick in this I'll give you syphilis gonorrhea chlamydia getting rid of you and I was like fuck that is absolutely mental I was yeah. like, he's obviously written it but at the yeah. time I was like fuck me that's that's bars yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just hearing these like artists freestyle now I just don't think about it because I kind of the curtain's been pulled back and I'm like these aren't freestyle these are yeah. clever pre-written bits to kind of get your attention um, but yeah it's, it's, it's a cool song I think there's a place for both of them they're, they're, yeah. they're more like they're just more like it's an exclusive verse. If it's just a verse that's just for this particular thing, you're with Funk Flex and you're, I'm going to do a verse for you. Fine. Um, they probably shouldn't be called Freestyle, but it's probably just not a better name for it. Yeah. And it's free of style. That's what, yeah. that's what, it's, that's what it's become now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just quickly on this, because you just reminded me, have you seen that clip of Tyler and Funk Flex? Where yes. Tyler just starts yes. saying it. Just, it's just so, hits on there the, t- the whole time. It's so, it's so great, because there's nothing quite like seeing uh, a straight man being uncomfortable with yeah. someone talking about like homosexuality, even in the mild form that it's presented in. Yeah. And it's really, it's really funny to watch Funk Flex squirm. He doesn't know what to do because like. he's like fifty. Yeah. So he's from a time where being gay was like not the one. Yeah. But we're in twenty twenty now, so I'm gonna hit on you. Yeah. You can't say fuck all to me. Tyler occupies a very weird place in him. Yeah. He does. Yeah. I love him. And um, yeah. he's almost had like almost an arc. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we mentioned in the last podcast where he did like um, Goblin and yeah. What was after the song? Boss. Bastard was a mixtape, wasn't yeah. it? Bastard was yeah, the yeah, yeah, so yeah, Bastard and Boston. Goblin, yeah. the two albums, and those so albums. Lack like of like, research showing up again. I know, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> off the dome, they're off the dome of yeah, freestyle, yeah, proper man. freestyle. Yeah, this ain't no pre-written. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so um, yeah, he came from being someone who was banned from coming to the UK because mm. of stuff he said to being someone who I don't think he's gay. I don't believe him. No, no I, I don't believe him. Either. <laughs> I don't believe him. But I love that. I but, love he, that. but he's an artist now. You know, yeah, he plays yeah. the piano and. 
he makes these great albums but yeah. back then he was someone who was just like anti-Guardian you know mm. and now the Guardian would, would fall would over him, him. Yeah. yeah because even if he's not gay and it if he is great and he's homophobic as fuck as well but yeah, but if, if he's not there's probably a lot of young people out there that probably feel more comfortable being gay because of him yeah and so that's wonderful and it's uh, definitely and it's a bit like the football thing it's like you've got uh, all these leagues all these uh, countries that play football and there's like no openly gay footballers mm. um, and it's the same in hip hop like there's, it's just it, it doesn't make sense like in this huge massive culture there's not many artists well, that are out there. There is a bit of a subgenre, but it's not mainstream. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I get what it's called. Um, I forget the name of it now. But there's a subgenre. People like um, what's the woman's name? Young Mama is that oh, her name? Oh, Young Ma. Oh, young Ma. Yeah. She's so great. she's yeah, she's obviously great. part of the LGBT community. Yeah. But it's easier for for women to be out than it is for men, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But there was a thing when uh, Eminem made his album and he had a little shot of Tyler, didn't he? Mm. And he ended up he I think he called him a fact. Drop, drop the F word. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But um, he ended up having to apologise Eminem. Eminem never apologised yeah. his whole career, and he did. He ended up taking it back and saying I shouldn't have said it. Tyler occupies occupies a great space now. I love watching the clips of his concerts as yeah. well. He gets really mad if they if the crowd don't sing his songs properly. He just like has a go at them. You guys fucking suck! And then makes and he goes do it again. He's like telling them off. He's got the like, best voice of all time. Yeah, they paid they paid him to be told off by yeah. him. Like it's great. I love it. Yeah, he's great. He's, he is definitely occupying that space. It's like what we're talking a little bit with slow tie of this like. I just do what the fuck I want and like people love it and it's good yeah. it's really it's refreshing to see hip hop sometimes goes through these stages of getting stale we spoke about it with Griselda and sometimes you need something a little bit from the left to kind of push it through yeah. and Tyler's definitely occupying that space which has been fucking interesting I mean he's making some great music he's making the best music of his career and it's, it's great to see so yeah cool alright we're going to have another quick break and then we're going to get into a couple more stories right this week uh, as we record Jay Electronica, remember him? That guy. That guy. Uh, he announced out of nowhere that he's going to be dropping a new album this year. Um, first thing that we pretty much all said to each other was, let's just wait and see until it actually drops. Yeah. But it's pretty exciting. And he said in 40 days. In he said 40 he made days. it in 40 days. Yeah. What's he been doing for the other 600 days? <laughs> like, that was what I thought. But yeah. like Jay Z liked, yeah. liked all the tweets, didn't he? Yeah. And now there's a rumour that it's going to be a Jay Z. J Electronic album which I'm here for not going to lie that sounds fucking great yeah. um, if just hypothetically before we get into how you felt about it if that's true so let's say it's a Jay-Z J Electronica uh, like kind of duo album yeah. who's producing it like what, what's the production team fuck because my first thought when we were talking about like when we just mentioned it there was like 444 was so fucking good I don't think you could look past having like no ID back in the I was going to say the same. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Because those beats are so perfect for Jay and like Jay Electronica would be, mm. would eat that shit up. Um, but T, how, how excited were you when you saw, saw the news and what was your first thought? I was excited but when they said it's a collaboration I was a little bit kind of deflated. I mean, as great as Jay-Z is, I just want to hear him. I just want to hear mm. Jay Electronica. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, this guy's just like a mythical figure in, in the rap game. Um, mm. Bit like D'Angelo, I suppose. You know, mm. made a lot of stuff early doors, then disappeared. Married a how do you even pronounce it? Is it Rothschild? Yeah, Rothschild. Yeah. Married one one of them, and he just kind of disappeared off the scene. Just been waiting for his next album. But mm. the guy is just ridiculously talented. I mean, if you've 
I had to look on Spotify to see if some of his songs are on there, but I think Exhibit A and C yeah, right. are, on, are on Spotify. So Jay Electronica, give that a listen. The guy's just ridiculous. I think that's, that, that's like, that was probably the first track I heard of his. I actually, yeah. the first time I heard it, my cousin used to make these mixtapes, right? He would put them together, he'd make his own albums and everything. He did, they'd have themes and everything. Oh, one, one, one was an NBA theme and one was uh, a wrestling theme. And uh, he put that on it. He put uh, exhibit, I think it was exhibit A on it. And that's the one where it's got um, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory bits in the middle, wasn't it, in between. And uh, I remember hearing that, do you know what? I thought it was Killer Priest. <laughs> I listened to it and I thought it was Killer Priest because it's just, I'm just listening to a mixtape, so I have no idea yeah. who it is. And then I found out, oh, it's this guy, Jay Electronica. And that was it, I was a fan from there. And then he did the track, everyone thought he was going to sign to Bad Boy, didn't they? Because yeah. he did the track, The Ghost of Christopher Wallace which fucking banged as well it's yeah. just got Puffy screaming all over it um, but yeah it, it's exciting it'll be exciting to hear hear Jay Electronica who he's going to work with who the production team's going to be it's big it's big Jay Electronica is like and we spoke about it in the last one like footballers and how you kind of tie things together but he's like a wonder kid who like never fulfilled his potential yeah. because those early like like even singles like these early records were fucking great and I was like holy shit like this, this guy you, you see sometimes when like rappers or artists come along and you think if they carry on at this trajectory that they, they will be like known as the best in the game at some point in their career and he was like primed to do that like I was genuinely thinking to myself like fuck he is He's hitting that kind of nice sweet spot of it's like proper hip hop in my eyes. Like it was like boom bappy, but it was really lyrical. But it wasn't like too, it wasn't too much where it was a little bit condescending. It was just kind of, it's just the stuff I like. And he also had that kind of like recognizable factor. Like once you know who it is and you can hear that sound, like you, yeah. you really get to know him. I originally, when I first heard him, um, I assumed it was from New York. Because of like obviously the association yeah. with the people that he was running with, and even his like his rapping style is not kind of prevalent to where he's from. So I, I kind of yeah, it kind of caught me off guard. And he was also introduced to me by um, MC Ruff, regular listener, big up yourself. And I was like, oh shit, this guy's amazing. And I was then at that point just feeling for what's going to come next. Yeah. And then nothing came. He married a Rothschild and disappears into obscurity. He um. There's an intro to one of those albums, and I forget the name of the album. Well, we searched again, and um, <laughs> but the intro is called "Spark It Up." Right. And it's one of those where now, back in the day, when songs would fade out, mm. I'd be I'd always kind of be a bit nerdy about that. So, so many songs fade when it comes to a natural end, yeah. but sometimes songs would fade out when there's a little bit more in there. Right, right, right. And because it's an intro, it's like you just had some long ass freestyle. They put the best part of the street on the intro called Spark It Up. I was like, fuck it up, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, and um, he did a song called um, The Shiny Suit Theory. Yes, he yes. did. And obviously, Puffy did the in interview about Shiny Suit, man. Yeah, yeah. So that was all around that time when he was going to sign to Bad Boy, yeah. and his lyrics are just ridiculously intelligent, yeah. and the metaphors and yeah. all of that. He's just ridiculously talented, and. Um, I just really hope this album is in the same point. I do wish it was all him. I do wish, um, yeah. you know, J. Cole famously said, well, three Face said it could be his last feature was on the Gangstar album. It's not mm -hmm. going to feature on anything else. Mm -hmm. But I do like the concept of an album with no one else featuring on it because that's kind of rare. Yeah. Um, famously, Ormatic only had um, AZ on it. Yeah. Yeah. But everything Absolutely. else is just him. Um, 
and in this day and age features help sell an album so it would be nice to just have an album with Jay Electronica by himself and no one else but okay. I don't know hopefully this is, this sparks something mm. but you know it brings us back to D'Angelo again when D'Angelo did Black Messiah that's like five yeah. just five years ago mm. and he's done nothing since yeah. so we kind of hope that maybe this is like the start of a new run of albums for Jay Electronica but yeah. he's ridiculously talented if you've not heard of him um He's got bits and pieces on um, Spotify, but I wouldn't say extensively. Yeah. There, but he's just very talented MC. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just on D'Angelo, he did do some stuff on Red Dead soundtrack. Yeah, yeah one song, and Unshaken. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. true. So. Yeah. And he was on Rhapsody's album as well. Which yeah, I know true. You know, I know you love that as yeah. well. Nah, Jay Electronic, that's going to be a moment. The, the verse on... The, do you remember the, the track Control? Control, yeah. With Big Sean and Kendrick. Kendrick and Kendrick kind of like stole the show, didn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. But... Jay Electronica's verse was low-key nice. It yeah. was really, really good. And was it his song or Big Sean's song? It was Big Sean's song, but it wasn't on his album. It didn't end up on Big Sean's album. It was just a song. And I think Kendrick did his verse. I think Kendrick, I think Big Sean recorded first, then Kendrick and then Jay Electronica, they recorded theirs. And I think when Big, what I heard was when Big Sean heard their verses, he re-recorded. Oh, because hello, those guys... Those guys are taking him out the back and beating the shit out of him. Um, He's signed to Rock Nation then. So I was just thinking, I'm sure it was around the time of like the end of Rockefeller start of Rock Nation. I couldn't remember whether he'd like signed. It was between. It was like a big war, wasn't it? Between Puffy and and Jay Z to sign him. Because yeah, he's. I just had a look now. He's actually currently signed to Rock Nation. Yeah, so that'd be interesting. Because yeah, I mean, if if there's a world where maybe the Jay Z thing is used as a promotion. So, yeah. like the, you know, for for example, for the average like fan, to hear oh Jay Z is bringing out a new album with this guy, mm. that brings in a whole like massive audience. So maybe it's more of a like we spoke about before, like kind of Jay Z reintroducing. Because mm. think about it, this is going to be his first project for a long time. It's like nearly ten years, I think. So could, could be a situation where like it's going to make, make quite an obscure reference, but um, Cormega did an album it wasn't his album it was Lakey the Kid's album okay. and but it was called Lake first featuring uh, Cormega My Brother's Keeper was the title of the album Cormega was on like three four songs and Pat, hopefully what would be better if it was like that it's Jay Electronica's yeah. album but it's three four songs you know where Jay Z does bits on you know to help yeah. that's, that's what hip hop is now it's all marketing it's all corporate yeah. and um, I mean it has to evolve and that's what has to happen but it's a bit of a shame that um you know, he has to do he has to do a tweet. So I don't know. Was it a tweet or was it just an announcement from him? It was a tweet, I think. Yeah, yeah you know, forty days. It's just, just fucking put it out, mate. Yeah, because that's the thing nowadays. It's like Beyonce started the trend. She just put the album out, didn't she? Yeah, it was a self-titled album with videos as well, with videos and everything. And then she did the same with Lemonade and all of that. Yeah. And uh, she started this trend now where people are just bringing out albums because you you're not selling CDs. You're not having to ship CDs and shit like that. Although CDs still kind of still out there. Yeah, but. Here, you all know who I am I have a following here's my album and it, I, think, I think that's what Rihanna's going to do yeah, she because she there's so much there's so much heat in her to release an album since yeah. I mean Anti was about two three years ago yeah. and you know she's on Instagram doing all these like thirst traps but yeah. I think people want to see some music from her yeah. Yeah. I love her she's a queen I love her yeah. Yeah, so great. just just on a look his last album uh, That Eternal Sunshine was 2007 and this fuck <laughs> 13 years ago which is with some D'Angelo level shit um, wow. uh, basically yeah just having a quick read on here it said like uh, he 
uh, announced on Twitter that his uh, debut studio album, A Written Testimony, was completed and would be released on March the 18th, 2020. The album has been in the works since December 26th, 2019, and has a feature from Jay-Z. Ah. Uh, hope that's true. I can live with that. Same. I think I that, would be, that. that would be fine. I think that would be really cool. Um, also, I didn't realise he's got a child with Erica Badu. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that together, didn't they? Everybody's got a child with I've got a child with Erica Badu. Has this common got a child with Erica Badu? No. They've got kids. They dated for a long time. I just know Andre and Jay Electronica have also got kids with her. I know they dated someone from Dead Brez. I feel like everybody's got a kid with Erica Badu. I mean, I might be wrong. I was going to say. The famous one is Seven, isn't it? Of Andre 3000. He's like an adult now. He's, he's, he's got a kid with Erica Badu. Yeah. Right. That's Seven. Right. She did a song, I feel as um, when Baduism was out around that time. Yeah, wow. I mean, she's just lovely. So She's not been an album since 2010. Can you believe that? That's amazing. She did um, the um, Drake Hotline Bling album. Oh, yeah, that wasn't yeah, a proper yeah. album, but yeah, the last yeah. album she did properly was 2010. So yeah, hopefully we'll get an album from her. Yeah. That is mad. I was also reading here about um, Joe Electronica. He kind of got in the game because he was introduced, so he spent some time in Detroit and was introduced to Jay Diller. And actually one of his first projects was going to be like a Diller produced um, Star Wars era music is how it's been uh, described nice. here. That's crazy. It was the anniversary of his death this week, wasn't it? Yeah. So, well, we're actually good gonna, shout that. Yeah. It was one of the things that we're going um, we're going to talk about. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I find, and we've spoken about this before, Cal, like, I find the kind of characters in hip hop and how they intersect with each other like really fascinating. Like, who put who on, and like people get introduced to who. Um, and Joe Electronica's story is just so interesting. Like, it's just, it's a very, he's a very weird guy, and he's had a very weird like route into the game. Um, so, it's kind of interesting. I'm really excited for this project. It's mad just being that talented and just like literally alive. Yeah. There are people out here struggling to find jobs and making ends meet. It's like, yeah, you know, I can. I can write freestyles about the engineering of a fucking Hadron Collider <laughs> and make it sound good. <laughs> I'm out here trying to like, find a decent job to support my family. This yeah, is like got a talent to sit on it. Well, yeah. I'm Mario Rothschild, who's obviously rich. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, fuck exactly. me, man. Come on, give me some of that talent, man. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Do it every day. Well, that's the thing, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. just popping them out. Um, cool. All right, well, look, we're going to have another quick break and then we're going to talk about uh, 21 years ago today. Um, as we record, Big L passed away. So we're going to talk about his impact and um, how he passed and all that sort of stuff. And then just one quick question that we've got from um, Eric Roop. It's a good one. Right, I want to talk about... Uh, he's in my top five. Favourites and who I think are the best MCs of all time. I'm going. Interesting. <laughs> How's living? Uh, we are, of course, talking about the best of all bigs, Big L. <laughs> Um, Big L, as the day we record, it's 21 years ago today, Big L was gunned down on the streets of Harlem. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I think, especially on this podcast, I talk about him a lot because I love him. Yeah. But I don't want to go so much into like his legacy and how good he was as a rapper. Like We know how incredible he is in terms of like his punchlines and his delivery and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm more interested in, in kind of like his, his death. Uh, is not really ever talked about. Like we always talk about Biggie and Park, and for obvious reasons, yeah. two of the biggest artists in the world. Forget hip hop. Yeah. But Big L's story is really tragic because the yeah. guy was on the come up. He put in people on like Jay Z and like all, a lot of other artists that you know now are massive uh, in his in his wake. And he, he was part of DITC, and they were doing great stuff. And he was shot in the street, uh, and it's still an unsolved murder. And it just seems like there's not much. It's, it's not really spoken about that much how tragic yeah. that actually was and we spoke a bit before about 
Jay Electronica being, you know, a, a prospect and being someone who could have been amazing. And it is a little bit like that. It's like someone almost like cut down just before their prime, like just before they're really going to go to their next level. Um, and it's kind of sad. So I just wanted to kind of get your like view on on Big L generally, and, and obviously about him passing, and, and why maybe sometimes in hip hop we don't we don't talk about certain artists in, in the way that we should. I didn't know much about his murder, to be fair. I mean, obviously, I remember when when he did get murdered. Um, he was what thirty five at the time. He last fifty, mate. <laughs> he was at his christening. <laughs> oh, I changed Callum to Nappy that day. You know? still, still, still potty training in the year 2000. I was. But, um, but no, I mean, he'd made the first album was amazing. The second album, I think, I'm going to be completely honest, was, was less so. But you don't hear much about his murder. I think around the same time, I think Three Guitar from the Lost Boys got murdered as well. Mm. But his murder on his bloody doorstep, you know, yeah. like in broad daylight. and yeah. Nothing came of it, and um, I had no idea it was unsolved. I, I, did, mm. I didn't know that, but um, yeah, I mean, his legacy we've spoken about on the pod a number of times. You know, the three stars, the punchlines, and the people he put on. And you often wonder how all these people would be now. I mean, mm. you know, it's often said, "Do you live long enough to become a villain or become well rubbish, so to speak?" Um, mm. You know, Biggie was gunned down in his prime. Mm. Tupac, arguably so as well. Yeah. You know, if they were still around now, would it be have done would it have done the whole blingy corny shit because um mm. once Biggie passed there was a whole Hawaiian shirt rubbish and you know, did hypnotise which was obviously a song people are very fond of, but I fucking hated it at the sure, time. Yeah. You know, it wasn't really what I wanted to see from. So um so yeah, I mean it's interesting how Big Girl would have would have developed if his you know, if if he'd have lived and yeah. um yeah, I guess it's probably because of his profile why it's not really remarkable. I mean, even Jan Martha J got a Netflix yeah. um, special on his yeah. death, so it is bizarre. It does. It's, it's screaming out for an investigative journalist to do mm. a podcast on it, a serial type type deal for someone to come along and really, really look into it. You know, Biggie and Tupac are intertwined. It's it's such a it's it's a story with so many depths to it, isn't it? So you can yeah. see why there's been so many podcasts documentaries drama series everything about it because it's just a, a story which you know has has an effect on, on hip hop to this day people mm. still talk about them both but yeah it would have been interesting to see where Big L would have found found his niche in a way he died in 99 was it 98 yeah, I think it was 99 wasn't it and uh, so that was kind of the start of the bling bing era kind of, well probably a little bit after that really so it would have been interesting to see where he, he would have landed he was obviously affiliated with Cameron and Mace as well the children of the corn group he was in with those perhaps he'd have ended up on Dipset or he might have gone to Bad Boy eventually another Harlem guy over there you know because Black Rob was from Harlem G Depp's from Harlem Loon all of those yeah. guys so perhaps he'd have ended up there maybe he would have just faded into obscurity like a lot of a lot of those guys did um, I think I think Big L for me is I, the, the music I've heard of his I love it it's great but I don't think he's a great songwriter mm. I think he was a great rapper mm. I think he had bars and he had punchlines almost the Lloyd Banks of his time yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> generous <laughs> to Banks yeah. someone should shoot Banks bring back yeah. Big L he got Banks. shot Lloyd Banks he got shot in the liver don't do that popular though, did before yeah. he was yeah, exactly. yeah they did not yeah. some Jill Dando on your doorstep <laughs> <laughs> pop, pop. Jill Dando it's like a fucking bar isn't it huh is that a yeah, 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 yeah. Get dropped on your doorstep like Dando. Many men ran prank. Love that shit. 
Yeah, no, so it's, it would have been interesting to see where he found his kind of meme. But yeah, for me, he was like a nice, nice MC is what I'd call a nice MC, but I don't think he's a great, he was a great songwriter. I don't think he would have been the Jay-Z of this time. I think he'd have, he'd have found a lane and he, you know, hopefully he'd have made plenty of money out of it. It is, it is really sad it's not been solved, but that's America for you. Yeah. It's just another black guy getting shot in the hood and they don't really give a shit. Yeah, so I was just reading up about it because I thought, because, you know, we've had a little bit of stick now for not researching. And I like the fact <laughs> that we don't research because this is like, most of the time we talk about stuff, it is genuinely from our knowledge. So I'd rather have the knowledge than, like, just research it overly. But just have a look. So uh, on February the 15th, 1999, Big L was killed at 45th West, 139th Street in his native Harlem after being shot nine times in the face and chest Rawr. in a drive-by shooting. Gerard Woodley, one of Big L's childhood friends, was arrested three months later for the crime. It's a good possibility that it was in retaliation for something Big L's uh, brother did, who's weirdly called Big Lee, or Woodley believed, uh, believed that he had done. A uh, spokesperson for the New York Police Department basically said that Woodley was later released due to a lack of evidence and the murder case remains officially unsolved. On June the 24th, 2016, Woodley was shot in the head and later died in Harlem Hospital. Fucking savage. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when I say lack of evidence, it's people don't want to grasp them. That's it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's essentially what it is. So it's unsolved to the extent of uh, they didn't have enough evidence to prosecute, but I think that the streets have um, decided that this Woodley geezer was guilty. And that, that is the rumour that essentially they weren't after Big Al, they were after his brother Big Lee, right. and they ended up shooting Big Al by mistake. So he was still alive? I believe so, yeah. Mm, which is, is which is savage. Um, yeah, going in, going into your point, Cal, I, I sort of agree with you, which is that I think um, there's a difference between, and we've spoken about this a few times on the pod. There's a difference between great songwriting rappers and just great MCs who have like amazing skills. And there's so so many good rappers who don't have a classic album, for example. And Big L's probably in that category. Like I really like Lifestyles of um, Poor and Dangerous. Don't know if it's a classic though. Like, I don't know if there's enough classic records on there. Mm. Big L is more infamous for his what we were talking about earlier, his freestyles mm. on radio and the, and his ability to just give you like savage shit, like punchlines. There's a, a quote from Nas where he basically said, um, "He scared me to death talking about Big L. When I heard his performance at the Apollo Theater on tape, I was scared to death. I said, "Yo, there's no way I can compete with this if this is what I've got to compete with." And that's Nas is on the Mount Rushmore of, of hip hop MCs yeah. uh, he has influenced like countless countless others like today I was listening to the album because I was thinking to myself well it would be kind of cool to just catch up on it before we talk about it and there's so many elements on it that all I think of is like Eminem a young Eminem was listening to this and was like I can do something with this it, there's so many lines about like and again I can't remember the exact quotes but stuff like uh, if, I, if I got AIDS I'd like just fuck loads of girls and just like give it to everyone and just like all this like horrible like horror imagery yeah, yeah. and just almost like shock self rap. yeah shock rap and like self deprecating stuff like the funny thing with um, shock rap kind of moving over and beginning a little mm. bit is that listen to something I don't really think about it so yesterday or today yesterday I had my missus in the car and I played an action Bronson song called Return of the G with um, I think it's Absol right mm. And I didn't really think about the lyrics. And Mrs. was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Something like, you know, she's a whore, this girl's a whore, fuck her, I want kind of stuff. And I thought, didn't really clock he says all this yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Do you think to a certain extent, like, when you listen to hip hop, you do forget? That, that a part of his brain takes us off. Yeah. <laughs> if it's sort of written down, you'd be like, fuck. Or it's just, like, funny to you. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, but you, you've probably heard it so many times yeah. that yeah. you'll just rap along to it. 
but then yeah you play it in the car and someone else is there and it's yeah. just different it's like there's, there's a meme about um, there's sort of bloke working in the office it's like you know, I'm working on a spreadsheet but listening to I don't know someone getting raped in a fucking lift <laughs> just got someone in the office and it's like got his headphones you know through the pivot table listening to fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. listening to a rape yeah fuck. <laughs> It's also about, it's about well, listening to that's a really gully shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was like, yeah. <laughs> I have that meme. Yeah. 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 To be fair, I, I feel you, because when I, like, I very rarely listen to music because I can't concentrate because I will just like get into the world of the music. Yeah. Like on a Friday, I've just got like some basic stuff that doesn't require so much brain power. It's more just kind of like manually moving stuff around. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, I put, put my headphones on. And so like, <laughs> I'll be listening to something. It'll be, it will be like gully shit. Like maybe it will be Big L. And he'll be talking about he's going to fucking shoot people and like sh- like shame girls with no condoms yeah. and spreading AIDS and stuff. And then someone will ask me like a really important question about like billing a customer. So I'm right. like the dichotomy yeah. between the two things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll shag you about rubber. Oh, what? Yeah. Sorry. What was that? Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely like give them a good credit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's mad stuff like that. So yeah, I, I think um, getting back to Big L, what I think is like really um, impressive about him generally is is like the ability for punchlines. And we spoke about it before, this, uh, this idea of like freestyle and how he became like so well known for it and I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that his punchlines are funny like he really added that comic aspect of stuff that you were just like it just made you like chuckle yeah. and um, yeah I just think that there aren't many MCs to the same standard as him just from a spitting perspective right and that's why I rate him so highly because we were talking about it before the kind of core essence of hip hop is you put a beat on you rap to it no one did that better than Big L that's just my personal opinion like I, I really think he was he was amazing um, and I think that if he had been if he hadn't have died uh, yeah we, we like you never know like you never know where it would have gone but I think a lot of um, a lot more people would know about him uh, and he would have been like very successful I always always kind of take it back to um, the Jay-Z and Big L freestyle from Stretching Bobito it's really famous it's on Spotify yeah. you can dig it out um Big L absolutely annihilates Jay Z. Like it's not even close, in my opinion. Jay Z's still in that stuttery flow stage. Yeah. And what is a credit to Jay Z is how he's taken himself into this other level. Yeah. Um, but to be fair to Big L, he was creating his own record label. He had Flamboyant Entertainment, and he was putting people on. So he had DITC, and he was bringing that group through. Did a lot with Fat Joe, Terror Squad. To be fair, he was probably the noob of that group. Though. Yeah, DITC true. had you know Diamond D and OC who, true. who, were, who were doing bits. More finesse as well. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. Although on that freestyle, I kind of felt like Jay Z was actually freestyling, whereas Big L wasn't. Yeah, that um, is fair. That is fair. I mean, Daisy probably didn't win, but he did did bits. I mean, he did bits. Yeah. Well, he said he went to hell and raised heaven. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I was yeah, on that bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you kind of when you're in Tesco's, you walk past the Heinz bins and just pick up the Tesco ones, don't you? Because you just have that bad taste. This is this is Lloyd Banks' biggest fan giving me stick for Big L. What what timeline am I on? <laughs> This parallel is, universe it's all, yeah. it's all for the lulls it where main team chuckle I've won <laughs> <laughs> Bran- Branston for the record because <laughs> yeah. no, he was sat there talking about oh big girl this big girl freaking big girl's trash oh. like, why are we talking about well, I can see in your face Cal when I'm saying something you're just thinking I can't wait to fucking why are we talking about this trash MC4 like fucking Tony Yeo's it's like Tony Yeo's skid mark <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I like Big L. He's cool. I'm just being a dickhead. Yeah. I think the thing with um, the Lifestyles album was that um, maybe it wasn't a classic, but maybe if it was, maybe if it was released more recently, it probably would be. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of competition around that time. I mean, yeah. I think around that time there's a guy called Smooth the Hustler who did a did an album, and they kind of both albums are kind of parallel because they're you know, very much um, you know just bars and bars and bars of raps, but they weren't. Necessarily songwriting albums, and um, I'd like to see Smooth the Hustle have a bit of a, a bit of a renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that tune, Broken Language? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, that's yes. a tune that. Jeez, yeah. taking it back, taking it back. I think that's a good thing about streams now. You know, streaming now because back in the day you would have bought Lives of the Poor and Dangerous, you would have bought the Big Picture and all of that. Yeah. And streaming has given this music a second life, mm, hasn't it? And that's probably why a lot of artists like Erica Badu don't have to make. They don't have to make music anymore because yeah. you bought all my yeah. album the first time, but you're not listening to CDs anymore. Right. So you're now going to buy it a second time because you're going to listen to it on Spotify or Apple or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's it's good, and hopefully, like guys like Big L, like his family, get to benefit from that as well. I just think in this day and age, you can't live off music alone. That yeah. when hip hop first started, that's what you did. But now, got to have the clothing line, yeah. a bit of philanthropy, and um, yeah. didn't last have a business bought by some millionaire or something like that. Right. So. That's the sort of shit people want to do now. And They're all touring as well now, aren't they? Because well. I think Erica Badu came over and she did a tour with Janae Aiko, who's an absolute weldy. Um, yeah. But yeah. Cool. What are we talking about? We're talking about Jules. Or is it Diggy? Oh, whatever. Just do Jules. Yeah, let's talk about some Jules. So let's yeah, we're, we're going to have a real quick break and then we're going to talk about the, the greatest uh, jewellery alignment in hip-hop history. Oh. So we had... I guess it's not really a question, but uh, we got recommended a thread on Twitter by Eric Roop. Big up yourself, Eric. Um, To basically look into the greatest jewellery ensembles in hip-hop history. Mm. Um, And there were some fucking belters on there. Um, So I thought it'd be quite fun for us just to uh, reminisce about like jewellery in hip-hop. It's a a massive thing. It's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's gone through different stages. Like, it went from the humble, just gold chain. Then there was the kind of Afrocentric era where it was like... um, The wooden, kind of, yeah. Yeah, the wooden ones. Africa or the... Yeah. Later times, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. And then it's like went like mad, big, like, spinners and shit. So um, I just thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about that, boys. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You think about NWA, gold rope chains. Yeah. Slick Rick, come on. Slick Rick, mm. like Slick Rick, like he still does it today. Yeah. And it's like part Marvel. of his shows, isn't it? Like putting on the jewellery yeah. at the start. It's just, it, it's part of culture, isn't it? In a, yeah. Especially African American, you know, it's about. Can you imagine walking around it, actually? Yeah. I wouldn't even dream of walking no. around even two of them chains. But that's the know? thing, isn't it? In, in their culture, it's about. Yeah, I'm from the hood, but I'm gonna I'm stunning on all you bitches kind of thing. And it's just yeah, I think the the spinners the spinners were were, were big, you know, G unit spinner obviously. Um, <laughs> the death row pendant. Oh, man. So simple, so basic, but it's a classic and Snoop Dogg's taken to wearing one again recently, hasn't it? He's I love it. one again. I, I think Probably pound for pound, Death Row is the coolest one. Fuck, that took me so long to find that pendant. Because I ended up getting one. I ended up finding one on eBay. I bought it off some fucking bird off eBay. And it took me ages to find a fucking Death Row pendant, man. The only one I want now is a bad boy one. It's a bad... But you think about it. The bad boy rappers never wore bad boy pendants. Exactly. Whereas like that a black t-shirt, gold yeah. Yeah. gold pendant. Yeah. Oh. Tupac used to wear it. Just you know, like they all had one. It's that Rockefeller, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of like an award... 
No, no, I yeah, like, yeah. like an um, initiation. Yeah. Do you remember the Through the Wire video? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. I'm when, the latest member of the Rapper the, Dame, was it Dame? Dame puts the chain on him, doesn't he? Yeah. In the, they say, you're now part of the team. Rockefeller's really cool. Uh, De- Death Row, I think, is number one. Like, gold Death Row chain is fucking cool. Yeah. But Rockefeller as well, like that. I do like the Rockefeller one. Yeah, the Rockefeller one, yeah, that's, it's, it's got a it's got a thing to it, hasn't it? It's got presence about it. It's, yeah. it's legendary. It yeah. is. It's legendary. It's cool. It's just like a lot of Jay Z videos where he's like, he's wearing it. It's just like the Yankee hat, white yeah. t-shirt, Rockefeller chain, just fucking classic. And then a lot of the southern rappers came around, and they ended up making whole <laughs> loads of little like little John and all those guys, yeah. and they had like little people, and they had faces and everything. I think Rick Ross has yeah, a chain Ross. of Rick Ross wearing a chain. <laughs> yeah, like I fucking love Rick Ross. It's taken it to like another levels of just like how intricate you can get with yeah. what your chain is. I mean, even like even weird things like um, if you think about Flavor Flav and the clock. Like how yeah. iconic is that? Yeah. Like it's it's mad, but yeah, now it's like who can make the most complex shit. My, my brother had um, a digital clock around his neck. Sick. My, my, my brother was basically hip hop man. He, he all the all the medallions to hand me down a couple. And I'd be like um, leather medallion with um, the what's the fuck the, the Pan African colours, yeah. red, black, and um, green. 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 So I'd have that and a pendant leather, and um, he had he had a fucking like pendant around his neck, but it's like. It's like digital, like Casio. It's like nice. Casio. What's nice. that? Like uh, nice. This is fucking love that. Love the back of the day shit, man. Yeah, I like, I'm all about. Uh, if it, there's like two ends of the spectrum for me, it's like I quite like the big oversized white t-shirt, big like like uh, Fubu, I like Fat Farm jeans, mm. like Air Ones, baseball cap, and fuck loads of jewelry. I'm, I like that style of hip hop because it just reminds me of a kind of like late nineties, early noughties. Yeah. Or the like backpacker. Hoodies, like hats, t-shirts, no jewelry. Like those two looks. Um, but there are some exceptions to that. Uh, so on this thread was Ghostface's. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Like it's like Kes. Yeah. It's like Kes. It's like it's a gold Kes. Greg David, yeah. man. Greg David, both electorship. It's like an eagle on his arm, isn't it's it? It's Kes, mate. It's Kes. Kes on his arm. Gold Kes. And then there's the there's the video where he's got Kez on his arm and he's got the chains on and there's that video and he's got the WCW World Heavyweight Championship yeah. over his belt. I don't know if you remember that video. And he's just walking around and I was like, that is so fucking cool. Yeah, he's one of the coolest guys around. Him. Oh, in some gosh, aspects, yeah. some aspects, Ghostface is always cool. Probably why he's um, probably the best rapper of the route in terms of um, discography and all that. He's still making relevant music. Maybe not last year. To be fair, I listened to it once, but. It didn't sound out of place yeah. at all. Yeah. And he hasn't changed his style at yeah. all. He's not dumbing down, you know. He'll tell Lily Allen to fuck off. Like he'll say whatever yeah. he wants. Yeah. He'll use lots of derogatory language and then spit in Lily Allen's face, like no problem at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> think about think about ghosts and actually like Wu Tang in general, I feel like we're talking about a lot today. Yeah. Um, is that they don't care. Like, they don't care because part of their brand is that they don't care. Yeah. And uh, ghost I think the reason why he's kind of timeless is because his, his style is weird. It's unorthodox. It's yeah. so slang heavy. It's, it's not of like, an era. It's never not of an era, yeah. is it? It's just, it's just timeless. Yeah. So which, so in terms of hip-hop, what's your favourite era in terms of clothes? Because I've become drawn towards very early hip-hop. I don't know about yeah, like, so this. But it's like um, in the 80s, they right. wore like... Um, Chorbies and pork pies and a bit of like right. a leather jacket yeah. and with you know like really cool like Lee jeans yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't know with body Puma suede 
we'd have them with like, the, like the Kazal frames. Right. That's probably the, the era that are probably more like right now. Mm. But there's loads of iconic eras. You've got you've got Run DMC with the Adidas tracks. You've got yeah. NWA wearing all black yeah. with the Raiders caps. You know, mm. just. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what I was going to say. That's a strong era. I was very much a West Coast guy growing up. That West, I was West Coast rap like all the way. So, it's, well, it's, did he wear plaid? I went for a massive plaid era. No, so I never in did. the nineties, I used to wear like lots of plaid, like yeah. blue. Because I don't really wear red. I just wore blue plaid and like um, I don't know if you call it a fucking gilet. Yeah. So it's like um, it's sleeveless. Yeah. And had like a hood. Yeah. It's a, like a blue plaid gilet with a hood, and I thought, yeah. I look like fucking Warren fucking G. Yeah. <laughs> pair of dickies and Converse. I couldn't afford that shit, man. So yeah. I'm Whenever cheap. I see a pair Converse of... bizarre yeah. shit, man. Converse madhouse, man. That's the sort of bling. Man's out. on a Brantano hype. Oh, for real. Whenever <laughs> I see a pair of dickies, where if it's like I'm fucking ASOS, it always just makes me think of fucking Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And I wish I had the bulk to dress like that. Pair of Converse, pair of dickies, white tee, and massive blunt. Yeah, out your mouth. It's, yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. why I would lean toward more early nineties West Coast, that kind of style of clothing. Yeah, I mean, this will shock you, but mid nineties uh, New York, <laughs> white Air Ones, five XL t shirt, yeah, massive t shirt, black tracksuit bottoms, black hoodie, yeah. or like a hoodie of some variety, flappy New York team. I remember in the, the you know we t- again talking about Wu Tang again, the the Wu Tang manual. Yeah. You read that. I've got it, but I've never heard it. And the Tao of Wu is the second book. And that's where he talks a lot about the five percenters and all of that and how he was the teacher for them. But in the first book, the Wu-Tang Manual, Rizza talks a lot about this is how you should dress if you're Wu-Tang. This is how, and it's no t-shirt smaller than 3XL. No jeans, they have to be at least like three inches too big. They like, everything has to be big and baggy and make you look big kind of thing. And uh, that's how I live my life, Count. Yeah, man. (laughs) That's how I live my life. Shit. Coat I've got today has got a big fairy hood. I've got I bought that because it reminds me of Shine. Yeah, because Shine had a coat like that in one of his videos. Like yes, Sean Paul. Like yes, has to be done. It it does. It influences us, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think yeah, hip hop fashion is a really like interesting subject. Like generally, like I find it like it is really interesting how like culturally there's all the kind of fashion changes, but hip hop in itself, like from seventies, eighties, nineties, noughties to now. Like it's huge like the changes even just in hip hop are massive yeah. and it's, it's I think it's really interesting like. <laughs> actually this morning a guy I used to work with a guy I used to work with he was at I think Kano did a gig last night and so he was like did a video of Kano rapping and the first thing I noticed was Kano's jeans they were like fucking jeggings and so I dived in my mate's DMs and I said you can't be a rapper and dress like that <laughs> that's how rappers dress that that's what they dress like these days I know yeah. I know but it's the Wu-Tang manual it's just made for, you can't like you can see his whole leg and I'm yeah. like come on I couldn't wear baggy jeans now I couldn't at all no. I, I, I couldn't wear boot cuts no. I, I, actually, I absolutely couldn't and um, <laughs> it looks I just, yeah. I'm just more I don't know I don't know if it's just an age thing but if I dressed like someone in the mid 90s yeah. and I'm the age I am when I was around in the mid 90s it just feel weird I, just feel, yeah. I don't I'm not down to people who are just anchored to an era yeah. as such, you know, and um, and there are certain timeless looks. And once again, it's one DMC. I don't even like them as a group, but yeah. the fashion they wore back in the days, whether it was the Adidas tracksuits and the Trilby hats and the mm. glasses, or even just like straight or a slim fit pair of Levi 501 or 511s mm. with the yeah. superstar Adidas. And that fashion is timeless and it'll always yeah. look cool. Yeah, so. I totally agree. I don't want to get into too much like Gok Wan and shit, but 
you can take the elements of those eras and dress it up. Like, I also would never wear fucking baggy jeans now. Like, like just like, fuck some cold <laughs> <laughs> You've got, you got fucking echo tracks around. Allow it. Man's got some Kolkani. Fucking worry. spliffy jeans. Spliffy. Eclipse. You know. Oh shit. Uh, nah. Colour. Nah. Nah. That was painful. Getting rid of that echo track suit. That was painful. Mate, man. I had a naff naff jacket that I wow. buzzed off for years. It was my older brother's, yeah. and he gave it to me when it was not fashionable, yeah. and I fucking loved it. And then I was like, oh, I can't. I never wear this anymore. I binned it, and it came back in for a little bit, and I was like fucking raging I'd love a naff naff jacket now I'd mm. absolutely love one um, jeans is where I draw the line they, they have got to be like boot cuts <laughs> a big no no anything baggy for sure uh, no but everything else like I still like my oversized t-shirts oversized hoodies yeah. and air ones so you just got to move at the times yeah no that's fair that's some, fair some fuck I've got boys in the hood socks on today like you just you just it, it that no one sees you, your jeans because you've got I baggy jeans them. on there we go you've got baggy jeans on no one can see it Oh, they're actually pretty sick to me, <laughs> I see them and that's fucking enough for me though. can't see them under the boot cut no you can't see them under my fucking boot cut jeans all, <laughs> all frayed at the bottom where I've been doing kick flips all morning 15 year olds <laughs> <laughs> doing ollies in your skateboards yeah, yeah living like, the dream playing oh, Tony Hawk and wanking himself <laughs> yeah. right I think that's, uh, that's enough bullshit from us um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on another hip hop forum um, if you want to leave your uh, five for five, make sure you go to iTunes, leave us a nice five star review, and tell us your five favourite MCs. Uh, if you want Lloyd Banks on there, maybe you do. If you want Big L on there, maybe you do. Um, so make sure you do those. We add all the songs we talk about, uh, the ones that are on Spotify anyway, to a Spotify playlist, Notorious Podcast Joints. Um, boys, thanks so much as always for joining me. Um, and we'll be back in a month or so's time, won't we? Talk some more shit and, and speak to you all lovely people then. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D Instagram NotoriousPOD uh, and we'll see beautiful people very soon so get ready for the next episode Peace This is NotoriousPOD The name's John Bass on this MIC I brought a couple man alongside of me I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot We got murder stats and guests galore You know we're talking real hip hop folklore And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it Peace